back with Real Deal Talk, ladies and gentlemen. And today, my guy, Morris Adato. Did Correct. I pronounce that correctly? Correct. What kind of name is that, by the way? Uh, Spanish Inquisition kicked out to Turkey, Turkish Jew. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any specific look here. No. <laughs> I'm right. Turkish. You're, is that, I was born in Istanbul, Turkey. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. Morris Adato and Morris... Uh, I met last year. Was it last year or 2020? A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, he owns Cash Co. Pawn in, uh, you got a, what, one or two locations? Two locations. Two locations. City okay. Heights and Encanto. So I've never interviewed a pawn shop owner. <laughs> Here we go. Here we it's go. It's going to get interesting. I, look, look at the bling, by the way, guys. Can you <laughs> look at the ring? Did you see this, Spencer? Look at the ring. You see this? Look, look at the bracelet. <laughs> Let me see the bracelet. Hold it up. Look at this, dude. I love that. So, and by the way, guys, his it's not just like um, stuff that's used. He has brand new stuff. He's got uh, uh, designer purses over there, like like all the good stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Designer shoes. I've gotten a couple of my, my Gucci's over there. I've gotten yep. a couple of my, uh, just recently, a red bottom over there. Uh, exactly. Right? Christian Louboutins. Yes. <laughs> okay. But, so, by the way, how do you pronounce that? What is the correct you don't even know? <laughs> Christian Louboutin, I think. Yeah, I thought it was Louboutin. Christian Louboutin? Kind of like Louis Vuitton? Yeah, right. No? <laughs> no idea. I think it's Christian Louboutin. Yeah, whatever. Just red bottom sounds <laughs> exactly. better, right? All right, so Morris here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man, because we I literally know nothing about Morris other than the fact that he owns the pawn shop and he's a super great guy. Um, you were introduced to me through Dr. Matt. Correct. You were on his uh, adjustment table at True Chiropractic, and you had some issues and said, I need a new bed. I think you, did you come over right from his place that day? I can't remember. We made an appointment. You made an appointment, okay. I came in with my wife like yeah. a day or two after. Got it, okay. And how's that been treating you, the sleep system, what we call, the member the sleep system? Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. That's, I can't go back. I can't sleep in normal hotels anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that bed that, it, uh, what is it called? That, the uh, zero gravity. The zero gravity and yeah. the massage on the, my feet and forget about it. Oh, yeah. You see, guys, you hear this? <laughs> they, they all know. They know where to go. Yeah. All and right. I have to start taking my mattress with me when I go like you do. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, bro. You're like, because you at first you're like, this expensive, really? I'm like, trust me, man. You're going to get it within 30 days. And now you get it. Well, Toyota Mercedes, Toyota yeah. Lamborghini. You know, exactly. it's like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a no Lam comparison. It's a Lamborghini of beds, folks. Let's go get on the program. <laughs> All right. All right. So here's what we're going to do, Morris. Um, the show, we're going to get to know you a little bit. And, and cool. people are going to watch me get to know you on camera live here. That's fine. Well, recorded, but you know. I've got no secrets. But uh, on, on the fly. So talk to me about where were you born and raised? So I was born in Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. Um, till I was there till the age of seven. So I was there till first grade. And yep. then from there, uh, my parents decided to move to United States. Uh, my uncle had a scoliosis uh, surgery here in San Diego, UCSD, back in the day for eight hours. Yeah. When he was done, they told him like, yeah, you can't go back for a year. We need oh, to keep really? you here for, what do you call after surgery? Um, uh, Post-op. Post-op stuff. Yeah. So my parents came to visit him and my dad fell in love with San Diego. I was like, what is this? This is, this is paradise. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, little did he know that in the United States, it's the land of dreams, but the land of hard work at the same time. And they whack, smacked him in the face. So I was here when I was seven years old, didn't know English, didn't know Spanish, uh, got thrown into a, a Latin Jewish community that only spoke Spanish, basically. And in school, 
everyone only spoke English. So I was bullied a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. That was seven, seven years old to about 14 when I grew. Yeah. Because <laughs> at 14, I grew to about five foot eight when everyone else was still five foot two. Yeah. You know, so. And so, and so, uh, and what school was this? Hillcrest. Hillcrest. Uh, Hillcrest in Chula Vista. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Um, and then I went to, they put me in a private school, Hebrew day school. Didn't last too long inside there. No, um, why not? It was just a little too religious for me at the yeah, time. Right fine, now yeah. it's a lot, a lot different, but at that time it was a little too religious for me and I just didn't fit in. I was a little bit of a rebel. Yeah. And uh, with my ADD, ADHD, all that other stuff that we, you know, tag yeah. on our kids these days. Yes. Um, I didn't go get medic- medicated. I just went to a different school. Right. You know, and got to do other things. So I go to the swap meets on, on Saturdays to work with my dad and they kept me busy. And so, and you have one brother? I have one brother named Egal. Uh, he's a pawn leader. He's a, yeah. uh, he's a, uh, I guess a life coach, you could say. Yeah, yep. And then I have one younger sister as well, Daisy. Daisy, okay. Sweetheart, yep. I met Egal, obviously, because you referred him to me, because yeah. now, now he's sleeping in the promised land of sleep, a real deal sleep system, right? <laughs> exactly. Now we got to get Daisy in there. <laughs> and we got to get Daisy on here. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure she's got some stories to tell, huh? Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. All right. So uh, so your brother, now, sorry, is he younger or older? He's five years younger. So oh, he's he five years apart. I'm the oldest. And so he was two at that point when you got here, right? Yes. You were, you were five. Yes. Yep. Sorry, seven. Yep. Uh, now, talk to me about um, now the swap meet. What was that all about? What were you, what well, was my dad, dad came here with a bunch of money. He didn't know what to do with it. Oh, really? So he opened up a couple of different businesses that failed. Like in, in, in Turkey, if you open up a good restaurant, yeah. people come from all over the place. Back in the 80s, when we first came here, that wasn't a deal. People went to restaurants for convenience. Now we drive to good restaurants. You right. know? It's yeah. a little different. Yeah. So he opened up a restaurant, dropped, I don't know, half a million dollars back in the day into it, lost it. Opened yeah. up a, a clothing. Here in San Diego. Here in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Chula Vista. And then he did clothing business and, you know, that kind of went really good and then went downhill. You know, things happened that he didn't know the culture. So the learning, yeah. you know, experience was, was hardcore. Uh, then later on, I mean, my, at the same time, they had a money exchange house in San Isidro. So they exchanged pesos to dollars and I go work there. Yeah. I started working there when they opened up a pawn shop. So, so your they, dad, hold on. My dad's what, got, you, uh, my dad passed two years ago, yeah. but he opened up nine pawn shops in San Diego. Really? Yeah. He still owns, I mean, we still own nine stores in San Diego. It's called Express Pawn. Express my Pawn. uncle runs it, Israel Adato. He's the one who runs the entire deal. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then what, what, go, go back to the, the trading money thing. And what was that? Well, this is a money exchange home, like a currency exchange. This so was a business? This is a, well, there's about 30 of them in the, on the border of San Diego. So all the, 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 the Latino community from Mexico comes across, change their pesos to dollars. Americans go down or back and forth. They work yeah. here. They yeah. go back to Mexico. You know, they change their dollars to pesos. Right. That's the entire business. So you just get a split off of it? Is that how that works? Yeah. A small percentage of the middle. Yeah. To buy and sell are just a little bit of a fragment of, uh, of an exchange rate, as you would call it. And so is that one of the first businesses that your dad, uh, well, outside the restaurant, the clothing... Then yeah, that, that was a successful one that kind of kept on going. My grandfather would run it. He'd be in and out of those businesses. So my dad was an entrepreneur. He yeah. couldn't stay in just one Clearly. little business kind of like myself. Yeah. Um, he split himself into a lot of different places. So one of the things they did was, you know, the money exchange. And then they tried different businesses to see as mm-hmm. it was going. Because it was almost like automatic. It was kind of working on its own with their yeah. employees and stuff. So they're kind of like, hey, the three brothers, yeah. you know, and the father, like, they're like, yeah. 
let me let me just try this and try this. And that was the golden do. goose bringing the money in, exactly keeping the flow while you could try other things. <clears throat> that's exactly right. And then so so when the, the when was the first pawn shop he opened? Oh goodness, I must have been sixteen years old. Yeah, so that was. 30 years ago? How many businesses had he tried prior to the pawn shop? Probably about four or five. Four, four or five? Yeah, different things. And, and Made money, lost money, made money, lost money, made money. I mean, we went from, you know, a small little apartment, two bedroom with all of us, to nice big home, to about to lose the home, you know, <laughs> and back to an apartment, and, and, and then big, bigger home, and then, you know, that's kind of the 80s, you know? It's kind of business. It is. Wouldn't you say? Ups and downs like crazy. We just talk, I was just talking to the guys about this. It's, yeah. it's always ups and downs. And as an entrepreneur, you almost get excited about it. You know, it's like the family not might, might not get excited about it, but it's adrenaline. Well, you're like, yeah. here we go again. Yeah. Right? How am I going to get through this one? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or how can I ride this to the next level and take it to the next level and another level above that? And you take risks and you go, oh, okay, hold on. Let's yeah. go back up again. I mean, I was just telling them right now, because the way that our, our economy is right now, society right now, everybody's freaking out. <laughs> In retail, I feel the pinch immediately. I'm like, well, Here I just we got interviewed by uh, Fox Business News. Yeah. Um, financial with, um, can't remember his name at the moment, but Jamie something from yeah. Fox News in the morning. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about it. It's just unpredictable craziness. No one knows where to hold the money or invest the money. You want to put it into gold and silver. You want to put it in the stock stock market. People are making money, losing money left and right. So it's very, very weird time. Weird. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. It's just weird. Because it's like in, in, in my side, straight retail, I feel it immediately. Yeah. Immediately people <clears throat> start complaining about stuff that they bought years ago. <laughs> they want their money back. Seriously. <laughs> it's like, because it's like, isn't that just... And then all of a sudden they start, oh, I don't know what they, like you said, they don't know what to do with their money. That's exactly Stock right. market took a crap. Well, also you're hearing it from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, hold on to your money. Here it comes. And all this fear mongering going everywhere. That's leading the, the mentality of the American household. Yes. I mean, from TikTok to, to uh, Instagram and Facebook and hold on and, and, you know, save up and hold your food and stock your food. Cause this is coming. World War three. That scares the sh crap out of you. Yes. You know, truly. That's what's happening. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> World War... Oh, my God. That's, okay. World War Three is about to happen now. Who, who's saying World War Three is going to happen? Like, you don't know until it happens, right? Yeah. You want to be prepared. Have some food or long. Have some cash in your, in your safe and go along with your life. Yeah. You know? That, that's the way it's supposed to be. Right? Yeah. If and not, you're going to cause a crash. Yeah. You know? It's a, well, if everyone media, panics... The media can causes the crash by the budget and the mongering dude i love that you're saying this because it's like it's like as an entrepreneur for almost 20 years now it's like okay beautiful beautiful okay here we go again how am i going to get through this right how am i going to weather the storm well 20 years that's that's our anniversary this month actually is 20 year anniversary for cashco no kidding yeah so mine's about i think i'm at 19 to be to be technical no eight 18 to be technical on my end wow dude that's a it's huge. Huge. And in the right? bond shop, I mean, it's like you need money, you don't need money. People come and take their stuff out. They don't. When uh, this whole um, Biden started giving everybody money, yeah. which was, you know, helped the economy out, everyone came and took their stuff out. So my, my oh, business. Oh, so the stuff that you had taken as collateral. Correct. The to pawns, loan money. Exactly. People came to take it out. They gave me all my money back, plus the interest they, they paid. They took their stuff out. So I don't make money when I don't have money out in the street. I am a collateral lender. Yeah. I'm. 
when I lend money out, that's when I make money. So for a year and a half, I was like, okay, twiddling my thumbs. What are my, my people going to come back and borrow some more money? You know, I don't want the co- the economy to be bad. Right. You know, that's that's yeah. not my purpose in life. Yeah. You know, but that's where I make business. I mean, when people borrow money from me, that's why. And California is the lowest interest state. So it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, gouging people for money. Yeah. You borrow a hundred bucks, you pay $120 after four months. I mean, come on. It's yeah. very, very little money. But at the same time, now it went crazy the last year all those people came back and then some and then i'm hitting some. records of how much really? i'm loaning out in a month like i'm calling my investors be like hey guys need another 100k need another two hundred fifty thousand dollars. it's just going nuts You're people need me. money right now i mean there's gonna be another stimulus i heard for gas or you know something that's coming up yeah pretty soon right but no it, right now people need money people the people that have money are holding on to money. So those projects, my customers are the pool builders, the landscapers, the, the, the blue collar workers, people that work paycheck to paycheck, the guys you see at Denny's, you see the people you see in restaurants, yeah. waiters, waitresses, everything, normal human beings. I don't have crime infested employee, uh, customers coming in all day long that people think like in the movies it's 99.9 percent blue collar workers and then some business owners trying to make you know yeah uh payroll or whatever they need or investments to buy something else the people with the real money are either holding on or investing in in ways to make even more money so the normal stuff like hey let's build a pool you know it was huge now it's kind of like slowed down a little bit you know but it's weird and the ultra rich are also actually building pools so some some of my some of my customers are they're busy yeah it's it's just weird like weird right <laughs> and so yeah. when when did this when did you see the big spike of people bringing their stuff back to get loans again when was the big spike how long ago Re- when re- recently when the um, when our government stopped giving the checks about three to four months three months after that that's how long it took <laughs> that quick well you'd be surprised um a lot of the people spent the money they were given. Of course. So I had customers coming in. It was my best sales year ever. Like actual sales. Actual sales. So what I made in sales covered what I was losing in the pawn area. Mm. I'm talking triple, like three times the sales I would normally do in 2018, 2019. So people were spending that money, you know, so... When you spend the money you're given, and then there's no money six months later, the grass, what is the grasshopper and the ant? You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, you're just stuck with no money again. You know, if there's no job. It's, so, you got to prepare. So you're telling me that all these people that got all this money, they didn't actually spend it on the home and food and things that the necessities of life, they just went out and bought luxuries. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. I don't want to say everybody, <laughs> right. but a lot. You know, and a lot was given to people with money. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't listen to me, government, but I didn't need the money, and I got it. Yeah, you know, I could have been without it; it wouldn't have affected my life. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately, I'm blessed that way. But so we use it, and we just saved it. You know, crazy man. What do you do? You help others in the time of need. You know, but. They, you know, people have to help themselves as well and save a little bit, but everyone spent money. Everybody got too much money and it was just a spending frenzy. 
And and so I heard because I have friends that work over at like Louis Louis and uh, Gucci and everywhere. They said they've never had, uh, they've never been busier in their lives. So people were just going to the luxury <laughs> stores, bro. Right? Yeah. yeah. With these checks. Yep. Like yeah. It was big money. It was big money. <laughs> yeah, they were making thousands. more money than they were making normal months, which is, which you're supposed to grab that money and hold for the next, you know, six months, eight months, a year, whatever you can make it last for food, resource, all that stuff. But you know us humans, we like to buy things. <laughs> you know us humans. <laughs> we do. You know, we like the luxury stuff. We like yeah. to go buy. When you get extra money in your hands, you go spend it sometimes, you know? <laughs> I love it. All right. So go. All right. Let's get back. So we're age. Uh, let's go back to elementary. Then you said when you started growing, give me some stories from your childhood that you can remember. Like any, when your dad was going through the, what, give me this, the swap meet story. You said you would go to the weekend on the weekends with oh, him. Yeah. What, what age were you there? When you started going to swap meet and helping out? I think it was like 12, 13, 14, those ages right there. I mean, he had me right next to him at four in the morning in the car, making a line, getting, you know, putting up a booth and trying to make things happen. You know, we were selling any, anything from these scissors that would cut chicken, but it wouldn't cut your finger. You know, he imported these weird, <laughs> you know, cutlery stuff that people would just buy. You know, and anything he can get his hands on, any lots that he can buy in a, in a bulk, you know, inexpensive fashion. Yeah. And we'd go in the weekends, we'd go sell the swap meet. While he, and during the weekdays, he'd work the other business. And so when did you realize, um, I mean, you were obviously, and this is, and I want to talk about, we're going to get onto this as well, this topic of how, you know, we're programmed, you know, all of us are programmed from day one. And, I, and the, the premise of my podcast is we were all born to win but we're all programmed to lose from day one by our system. Okay. Correct. Correct. So your family obviously programmed you from very early on, whether he was trying to or not, you were programmed to be an entrepreneur. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So talk about that. Like when, at what point you're like, Ooh, like you didn't know any other, you didn't know. Okay. I should go get a job. Well, at the age of 15, my mom was already taking me to SeaWorld to go get a job. Yeah. And I had to be 16 to actually work there and she'd lie to them. Tell them I'm 16 until I had to show ID. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I was already hired by SeaWorld at the age of 15. And they're like, I'm sorry. Like, you're not yeah. 16. I'm like, I know. <laughs> my mom said I was, you know, like I was like embarrassed almost. But my mom was like, you got to work. There's no, there's no laying around here after school doing nothing. You get yeah. did your homework. Now you got to go work. I went one summer. I had to, I, I went door to door sales, selling yellow page ads. They would pick me up on a bus, like a little white little bus with about 15, well, (laughs) about 10 other kids. They drop us off on one block and pick us up on about six, six blocks from there, you know, and you'd have to go door to door knocking and try to sell yellow page. What what uh, age was this? Not yellow pages, a union tribune. Sorry. I was 15 and a half, 16 years, 16 years old. As soon as I turned 16, I can get a job. I was like, go, you got to get it. You got to work. You know, it wasn't just about school. It was about work. About work. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, uh, so your parents stayed together the whole time? Oh, yeah. So give me the, the dynamic of the home. Parents Dad were, was never around. He was working constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Talk, yeah. To, talk to me about Six that. Six days a week, would leave at nine in the morning and, you know, nine o'clock at night, he'd come back at home. Because yeah. he'd be working all day long. All day. Six, seven days a week sometimes. And then Sunday, were you guys uh, churchgoers at that point? Oh, no, we're Jewish. So we would go, Friday nights, we'd go to Got synagogue. It. Every Friday night, there was a dinner. So we'd be, the entire family would be together every single Friday night. You, I couldn't go to football games. You know, high school football games, forget about it. It's yeah. Friday night. It's Friday, family night. 
period. That's it. That was the end of discussion. Yeah. When the dinner's over, you want to go. I mean, this is at 17, 18 years old. My friend's like, dude, where are you? I'm like, I'm at family dinner. And unless it was like homecoming or something major, I couldn't get out of it. And that's the way we have our kids too now. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, unless it's a special deal. That's you know, a really special this deal. This uh, every Friday night we get together. Even from then we get together with the entire family. I'm not talking about like just the immediate family. Yeah. We have 30 people at home. Either my house, my uncle's house, my other uncle's house. Like we were constantly having a lot of people at dinner. And this is the way we grew up. Yeah. My wife is the same. And we met at the Ken Jewish Community, which is like a Saturday organization for Jewish kids. Her family was the exact same way. You know, 30 people at Friday night dinner. You know, tonight is um, the night before Yom Kippur for Jews. Right. Tomorrow, we, we fast for 26 hours. No water, no food, no anything. For 26 hours. That's Yom Kippur. Wow. Yeah. And what's the reason for the fasting? Uh, to get closer when, during prayer. It takes mm. you to a different spiritual level. Right. You're asking for forgiveness, you know, for the whole year. And yeah. Trying to be written in the book of life, you know, on a positive note. So you, you pray all day long. You're in synagogue. This tonight. Is a, yeah. This, so this is all day tomorrow. All day. Well, it starts from tonight at sunset. Do you go to work tomorrow? Do you? No, I don't work no? tomorrow. No. It's a day off completely. Shut down. Phones off. In synagogue, prayer all. So you're going to be in the the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Correct. Praying the whole day. Yeah. Tonight we have about uh, thirty people at my house. We're hosting the the pre the pregame. The pre-game. <laughs> you call them. Yeah. But yeah. Our food. My wife's cooking at home right now. She's got a big old, you know, twenty pound lamb shank. She's just she's just cooking up and a whole bunch of things. So people eat, you know, before, and we eat good, yeah. obviously, to last the twenty six hours. Because it's not twenty four. It's kind of like. When sun sets, yeah. to the first star appears, you know. So it's about no an kidding. hour and a half after oh. the after the sunset time. So it goes from this evening mm-hmm. at sunset, correct, which is about six thirty ish. Yeah, till tomorrow night about seven thirty, almost eight. So eight then, o'clock. do you guys party again? Like not party, but eat again? Like that? You all? It's get not together. that party when you're when you fast for twenty six hours. You eat light, you know. Like it is, but we all get together again at someone's house. It's going to be at my mother in law's house. Now. Oh, really? She's going to have about thirty people there to break the fast. Yeah. And do you guys drink too? Like any alcohol? Not pregame. Not pregame. Because you don't want to be hungover. You don't want to be thirsty. You're preparing for a fast. Yeah. So you don't yeah. want to eat too salty. You know, you drink a lot of water. And you do this since the age of 13 when you turn bar mitzvah for boys and 12 when they're, yeah. you know, girls. So it's it's an intense prayer. It's a day of coming to your own, into your own head. I mean, it's, we don't do that too often in life. We don't. Um, people that meditate do. You know, I don't meditate enough, obviously, but this is intense. This is as intense as when you're about to go on the field for something. Yeah. Imagine that for 20 hours. I mean, you get to a different level when you're fasting Yeah. that there's nothing else but you and your head in your head space and prayer and God. You just connect direct that's why fasting is such a big thing in the church oh yeah huge you also fast yeah amazing no i i i've done it in my lifetime but it's never for me i've never done a fast for any spiritual religious reason oh i've done i've done it for dieting and uh cleanses i've done it for cleansing my body and detoxing same thing right you're cleaning your church this is your temple yep right and i know so i know what you're saying because it's a spiritual thing because you get so in this zone of just like where you, you can just do anything, your energy, it's like crazy. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it, it's, it, it definitely is a different headspace. Yeah. Oh, totally. Cause yeah. once you get past the pain yeah. of the hunger, 
you just get on autopilot. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're older and you do it every single year, you kind of get used to it. You see the kids, though. You know, 14, 15 years old, they're all fainting. Not fainting, but they're like all weak. You're like, okay, drink some water. You know, you're not going to make it. a little it. bit of water. Of course. I mean, you want them to feel the fast without suffering. It's not about suffering. Yeah. You know, it's about getting to that headspace. But And so, all right, so, all right, <laughs> all right, so go back to... Um, Swap meet. Give me the swap meet stories. I'm, I'm, you see, I get keep going back to the swap. Oh, you I, the, I used to love the swap meet. <laughs> it's a hustle. A total I hustle, mean, I right? remember from when I was 13, 14 years old. I'm like, come here, sir. And my broken English. And I'm like, come here. I have, I have scissors that uh, cut chicken, not your finger. You know, <laughs> like putting the scissor on my finger, going like this. You know, like you did everything. You know, it just you're just like selling. That was the biggest thing. I remember that like profoundly selling these scissors that were multiple colors that came from somewhere in Europe. And my dad would like look and he'd have a chicken there and he cut the chicken and he put on his finger and it wouldn't cut the finger. It was like the most spectacular thing I thought was amazing. And people would just buy the buy it like what buy was it for the themselves. Trick behind this? What was there the- was no trick. It actually worked. They were what like the- um they weren't as sharp like scissor edges. So they were like squared edges. Yeah. And they would like hit each other. So it just would cut the chicken. It just wouldn't cut your finger. It was like weird. You know, like one of those things. I didn't how much get were it. these things? Do you remember how much it was? No, I don't remember. I don't it remember. must have been like nine ninety nine, or I think it was under ten bucks. Yeah, it had uh, to that, be under ten. That's my price point right off the bat. Nine ninety nine, under ten. Yeah, and back in the back in that day, maybe it was like five ninety nine or something yeah, like that's that. True. But it was one of those deals that you had to really pull people off the walking. I mean, you had to swap meet. Right, a million people walking past you at all times. The thieves trying to pickpocket some of these things, you know, that are that are on your counter, you yeah. know, trying to hey look at that thing back there and try to take us. It, it was a it was an intense yeah. time. I would love it because he let me walk around. Oh, he you know, did? yeah, and he give me like for working there all day long. I get like ten bucks or something like that, or you know, for being there since four in the morning till noon, you know, or two o'clock in the afternoon, whatever we ended at. He gave me like ten bucks. You know, he's like, go like, now, go find something. You know, go and I'd walk the whole swap me by myself and see what I can find, what kind of trinkets, and sometimes I'd buy things and I sell them to my friends and make money. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where it kind of started. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to ask you: at what point did you realize that you wanted to be? And you obviously at this point you didn't even know what the word entrepreneur was, but yeah. you wanted to own a business or you wanted to actually be a business owner of some sort. When well, did you? I think we were about sixteen, seventeen years old. With my now brother-in-law. Uh, we go to the swap meet and sell his father's stereo stuff because fa- his father was an importer of stereos. Yeah. And well, that was, still is, one of the biggest ones in Mexico. Really? Yeah, he exports stuff to Mexico, you know, like stereo systems from here, Blaupont and, and yeah. Orion and all yeah. these other names. And we just take all the ones that wouldn't sell and we just go to the swap meet and sell speakers and amplifiers and all this other stuff. And that was our hustle. <laughs> so you did that at like age 16? I think so, yeah, 16, 17 yeah. years old while we were in high school. And then it was to keep going at that look because you had to give me the uh, well, it wasn't a business maker. We weren't we weren't the entrepreneur where oh we're going to create a business out of yeah, this and stuff. Yeah. We we're just trying to make money for just the weekend. Just a hustle. Just a party. Yeah. I mean, we were the kids that always had money because we'd always work. Yeah. You know, all the other kids they asked for their parents for money. We had a couple hundred bucks in our pocket at all times because we were always working. Yeah. You know, and that's we never did anything illegal. We never did anything shady. It was always, hey, what can I find to sell to some you know from from point A to point B to make C money. That's right. And so, uh, um, what, uh, what was I going to ask you? Um, as far as, oh, so your friends, what, what was your reputation? Because you guys always had cash on you. Did they think you guys were shady? No, they were always, all, they knew the drug working. dealers always, we already know who they were, you know, growing up. You always knew who the kids of the, I grew up in Chula Vista. 
So yeah. Chula Vista down in South Bay were a lot of the kids of the narcos back in the day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They come in with their BMWs and their. No way. You know, oh, yeah. That, that's the way it just, we just knew that was happening. We couldn't put our finger on it, you know, but that's just, that was the lifestyle back then. And these you were know? 16, 17 year olds, 18? Yeah, they were the kids. They weren't the drug dealers. They were the kids of the big drug dealers back in the day. So we, we knew which ones they were. We were the, I guess we had a good name. Yeah. You were like the Jew crew. The Jew you know, crew? We, we didn't mess things up. We didn't, you know, trash parties. We were good kids. We were just hustlers. We just liked to buy and sell stuff. You know, like we go to swap meets and buy things and sell things and go to our parents' stores and work. Like after that swap meet deal, I'd go to my dad's store and work after school, the weekends. And I want to make money. Yeah. You know, for Saturday night partying, I mean, it took some money to, it took some money to go party. So, Saturday party. Yeah. yeah, you had to work at least, you know, three days a week plus a Saturday morning and then you're, you're golden. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> you're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> and so talk to me about uh, SeaWorld. So why did mom, if you're working at the pawn shop, if you're working here. Oh, that was before the pawn shop. Oh, it was. Yeah, that oh, was 15 okay. and a half years old. And so she goes, talk- yeah, she wanted me to work that summer in And SeaWorld. so did they let you in, even though you were younger? No. They didn't? So they uh, went through the whole hiring process, went through the, the training, got my uniform in my hand, and it was time to give the documents. <laughs> so you had to present the ID and uh-huh. documents, and, you know, it's it's 15 years old. All I had was a passport. I didn't have driver license or anything like that. So yeah. we gave the passport, and they're like, you're not 16 yet. It's like... It was the summer. I'm, I, I was turning 16 in November. Yeah. And so they I was would. 15 and a half or whatever it was. And they're like, sorry. They wouldn't let it. It's the law. My mom, mom was like, he's almost 16. You know, what are you talking about? Like, let him work. <laughs> he wants to work. He wants to work. Let the kid work. He's like, no, no, sorry. We can't. HR, this and that. So I was like, okay. It's okay. I, yeah. I, I was a little embarrassed. I already had all the gear almost. They already gave me my uniform to work, you know? And so you never worked at SeaWorld. Never worked at SeaWorld, <laughs> but I worked at McDonald's. You did? Oh, yeah. What age was that? 17, I want to No, 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 older. 18, 19. Oh, really? I was looking for a job. I couldn't find a job. And um, I got out of uh, I got out of the house for a little bit. You know, I had a tiff with the family. Oh, you did? Yeah, with my dad. And he kicked me out of the house. Well... He, he, what happened? Drugs? No, girlfriend. They didn't oh. like the girlfriend at the time. Um, I was just not spending any time at home, always uh. on that side. You know, like I was being that kid that was in love that just didn't want to be with the family, want to be with a girlfriend the whole time. Of course. And they resented it for that. It they wasn't, did. she wasn't bad. It was just the, the whole the whole ordeal. Yeah. And then I talked back to my dad and I kind of grew, I grew a pair and I thought I could, you know, talk back to my dad and tell him, you know, my life is my life. And he said, well, no, your, li- your life is my life at the age of, you know, 17 or 18, whatever it was at that time. While well, you're still living in my home. I'm like, well, I don't want to live in your home. This was on a drive home. And he opened the door and said, go, you don't live in my home anymore. <laughs> he just like kicked me out of the house. <laughs> and so what, what, were, you, were you in the car? I was an idiot. You were in the car? <laughs> yeah, I was in the car. And he literally dropped me off on Telegraph Canyon in front of the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right, go. You're out. Yeah, okay. You don't want to live in my house? Go. I'm like, all oh, right. I thought I was, you know, I, thought what, I, could, I don't know what I thought I was. I was 16, 17 years old. <laughs> where, where, where did you go? To my girlfriend's house. At this Now, at this point, how old are you now? 40, about turn 48 next month. Nice. Good job, buddy. Uh, yeah. 48, uh, young buck. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so at this point, there's no phone, no cell phones, right? Of course not. You go to a pay phone at that time. You so call. did you have to go call her? Of course I did. Hey, this and this happened. She picked me up. I ended up living in her garage for about a month. <laughs> you so know? you went through with this? Yeah, I did because I, you know, ego kid. What did mom say? Mom was devastated. Probably put ten years on her life. She hated it. She was like, you know, fights with my dad. Oh you know, she, my she, gosh. it was, it was horrible. I was a stupid teenager. You know that. that I, I now I, in perspective, I'm like, what an idiot. You know. But I, but you know, that, that taught me a lot of things and, and it taught me to be humble because when you don't have anything at that age, you're like, you have to beg for things and you have to go get a job and no one's going to hire you. You know, it's, it's difficult to get a job at that age. So I went to work for McDonald's and I was flipping burgers, you know, in the back. So this is when this happened. Oh Yeah. Oh, it was all like downhill. That it was that whole it was all uh, downhill. <laughs> yeah, because you're fighting with the family. When you're fighting with your family, and you're not respecting your dad, yeah, and you're not putting them at the level they are, bad things happen. Bad things. You know, happen. bad things happen. Thank God it wasn't worse. You know, I didn't go the wrong way. Right. You know, it only lasted about a month or so. But um, yeah, I didn't thank God you that. weren't like into drugs and went on this drug thing. No. Right. No. Nope. Right. Never did that. Never did that. That was so one of those things that my mom always put in our head, you know? Oprah Winfrey was really good at that. You know, she taught my mom that kids can be on drugs and they can ruin their lives. So she made sure we were never on drugs. And so um, um, the parents of the girlfriend, were they like, uh, okay, we can take you in? Like, how did they? Yeah, we can take you in in our garage. Like, you're not sleeping inside the house. You're respectful people as well, you know, for a certain amount of time. <laughs> what, did, was the garage already a room? Oh, there was like a little room in the garage. There, like was? there, there was like a little, um, like a like a man cave of some sort, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I would call that like, did a they man throw a cave. Bed in there, basically a mattress. You know, there was like a little, like a I wouldn't call it a guest guest room, but yeah. it was like a little, you know, five by ten little room with yeah. a bed on it. You know, and and so you stayed in there. I did. Oh my god! I did. I, every every night I slept school. there, I would be like, "Oh God, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing exactly?" How long did you hold out? About a month. That's about it? a month. And I then what did you do? You called. How did that go? No, my uncle came. My uncle Israel that runs all the pawn shops. Yeah. He came and he's like, "You're being an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> he almost smacked me. You know, like, you're destroying your family. Your mom's crying. Like, stop this. You know, and I'm like, I'm like. What do you know? Get out of here. Yeah, you know? my life. Exactly. And then like a day later, I kind of realized, okay, I'm, I'm messing up here. Let me go talk to my mom. And I called her and they took me back and I apologized and all that stuff. So. so you hadn't contacted them at all? Like, did you con- did you talk to your mom still during the month? Uh, I, I think I did. I can't remember back then, but I, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I called my mom, hey, I'm okay, you know, this and this. And like, when are you going to come home? And, you know, all that kind of stuff, but. And were you going to school at this point, like high school? I was, yeah. High school. Yeah, I was back in, I was in Bonita Vista High School. Well, actually, at that time, no, I was done with school. You were done with school? I was 18. School. And then when this so happened. You were 18, it was already, okay. It was already after I had graduated, ah, I remember, yeah. Okay. I barely, I barely graduated, by the way. Why? Because I couldn't focus. It was one of those things, you know, I was all over the place. I mean, every time I focused, like, I was, I was an A student. Math, yeah. I was an A student. You know, science, I'd be an A student, but... I just wasn't in school. I'd ditch. You ditched I'd school I'd leave, all yeah, all the time. All the time, because I just didn't want to be there. But I did, my senior year, I completed two years of school. 
because yeah. I wanted, because there was that pressure of graduating with my class, yeah. with my friends of our, of our, of our community, yep. you know, there's a lot of pressure there. And if I didn't walk down that, that, uh, podium or up the podium, when you get your diploma with my class, it would have been devastating for my parents as yes. well. So that pressure was there. So my senior year, I basically did two years of high school during the day, the night school. To catch up. To catch up. And I caught up everything and I got my diploma in my class. And that was done. And so then as soon as you graduated, what, what was your, did you already have plans? Because are a lot of your uh, classmates like, okay, we're going to college and. Oh yeah, I tried. What do you mean you tried? <laughs> there was a Southwestern College in Chula Vista, yeah. right in front oh, of yeah. Bonita Vista. I tried, I enrolled, I said, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to do college thing. I go in, there's a 50 something people in a class and some guy lecturing down at the bottom I'm looking around, like I'm not even paying attention. I'm like, I'm out of here. There's no way I'm going to do this. So literally after a couple of weeks in college, that's it. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. So that's when I went to my dad. I'm like, dad, it's not for me. I need to work, you know? And at that time I had already worked for. Who, so who made you go to college? Did they say, let's try it? Or you said no, it? No, I you said it. I said, because all my friends were going. It was a little bit of pressure. All right. So let's know? talk about that because most most of the larger percentage of households and families mm-hmm. are still saying, even to this day, because this is way back, this is way back when college was actually like it actually was a thing. Mm-hmm. Now people are still saying, oh, college is still a thing. You need to go to college to get a good job. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Most people are still doing that, the programming, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So your parents didn't. Is that correct? Did they not program or to they, say, hey, you need to go didn't. to college? They, they, they. They tried, but they, uh, I wasn't for college. They already knew it. So they, they probably did. pushed my brother more to go to college because yeah. it was that whole programming thing. Like you say, it's, right. it's just, it was pushed in our household, you know, but, Got it. but they gave up on it, on it with me. They, that's, that's guys, what I'm getting to. Yeah. They're like, no, he's not going to do college. So, so go to work, you know, go get a job. You know, I did McDonald's, Jay Riggins. Uh, when I started working for my dad, that's when I really got really excited about jewelry. And when I started getting excited about jewelry, about a year or two into it, about a year into it, this is back in 97, is when I graduated from GIA, Gemological Institute of America. Mm. So it's like a technical school. Yeah. Six months of intense training on gemology, the science behind diamonds, rubies, sapphires, and jewelry. Yeah. I loved it. So since there was something I loved, and it was only one subject, and you look at stones all day long, and you're learning about the stones, the history, and all that stuff, I, I hooked onto that like a magnet, and I loved that. And the college thing just wasn't for me, but studying something I loved was. And that right there turned the programming off from my household. Uh. So my wife is an esthetician. I'm a pawnbroker. We're both successful. Well, my wife is again going to be successful because she's barely opening up her business again now. Oh yeah! After twenty years of being a housewife. Oh really? Yeah. And um, we'll get to that in a second. Yes. <laughs> but uh, successfully, I've learned by making mistakes. So, if you've spent one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars in college, right? I've probably made the same amount of mistakes in in, in business to the tune of about that much money. Yeah. But I'm still successful. Right. I mean, so I've paid my mistakes. Yeah. I've paid my dues, you know, because I didn't know some things that they probably teach in college. Like, I wish I could have taken some classes, you know, like economics. Um, 
business management, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Those kinds of deals would have probably helped me out a lot in life, you know, but not the entire curriculum. Right. That wasn't for me. Yeah. And I thought it was a waste of time and money. It's crazy that, um, cause now we're in it and we're now we're deep, deep, deep into the information age mm-hmm. to where in my opinion, college is kind of obsolete big time. Like the whole college route now is just the majority of it just doesn't work. Like it's not going to set you up for massive success other than getting a job and paying taxes for the rest of your life. Well, I do believe that college is a necessity if you are going to be a doctor, right. a lawyer, yep. a financial analyst, you know, something that's, that requires lots of years of training, you know, yep. which where you can't do somewhere else. Yeah. Specialized knowledge. Correct. Specialized. I absolutely agree. Yeah. 100%. But the all generic stuff, I mean, all it's doing is programming to get a job to live paycheck to paycheck for the rest of your life, more or less. Yeah. Unless unless you do the specialized thing, right? We can go go on a tangent on that forever. Of course. And I believe, I mean, just like I said, I wish I would have taken some of those classes. You know, if if, I believe if you're going to go to college, you should take the classes that are going to benefit you for your future. So going into college at the age of 18... Right after high school, I don't think it's beneficial because you don't know anything. You have no yet. idea. Yeah, go out there, go in the world, find some things, and go then go to college. You know, figure out what you want to do in life, then get trained for that. Right for what you want to do, what you love, because if you're not doing what you're loving to do, whether it's sales or it's medical, uh, you're just going to be hating life. Hating life, C- committing what I call spiritual suicide. Yeah, you got to be happy. Yeah, you got to be happy. You know, it's that simple. All right, so speaking, let me go go back to the um, when you said your dad. You said he worked every like as a your childhood. You remember your dad working around all the, the clock. time, all the time. How he did that... worked hard and he played hard because when we went on vacations, yeah, he was a different person. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He was happy. He was like relaxed, and it happens to me sometimes. I work hard. Yeah. Then we go on vacations. My my kids are like, oh my god, you're like a different person. You're like the Sultan. You know, I mean, you're enjoying life and you're buying this and da da da. I'm like, yeah, because I'm happy. You know, and when you're working, you're hustling and you get tired when you get home. So, yeah. So, so how did that dynamic work like with your mom and the family? Mom was dad. Mom was dad. Yeah. All right, explain that. Well, um, when your dad comes home at nine o'clock at night, you're with mom from breakfast to dinner. So everything that happens every, you know, if you want to talk to somebody about something or something's going wrong in your life, or you're, if things are going good, the news, good news, bad news, everything, mom got it. You know, the yep. dealings with the school, every time there was anyone, anyone had to go to school for meetings, it was her, you know. And so how did, how did that uh, work with their relationship? How did, did they stay close? Was it just a known thing? Like, how did that, did, did the dynamic, because, and, and you being a, parent, a dad now, mm-hmm. looking back, like, yeah. how are you with your kids now as far as the what you work because you work all the time i do but i do get off at six o'clock now. okay i've i've the first two years of my my career as a pawnbroker when i open up my store i yeah. work seven days a week right my For, how, how many years two years yep, okay and then the third year we went to six days a week because i brought my brother on as my partner um i gifted him half my business because i didn't want to do this all by myself egal egal yeah. Yeah, yeah he was my partner and um so we did six days a week for about four years, okay. five years maybe. Um, when I started having kids, I was like, okay, well, I got to take a little more time off here and there. So we would take vacation, we'd take turns and all that stuff in the beginning. Well, my son, Niso, the oldest, is 17 now, was old enough to realize where dad was, I was home. 
I was home at six o'clock, maybe sometimes seven, you know, depending on what's going on and the and the temperature of the of the of the business uh, times right. at play. Um, I was there. I was there at every conference. I was there every teacher parent meeting. I was there at every sports event. I was there for everything, and I still am. Um, I just took my second son Amir, who's uh, fif- fifteen, um, to his wrestling meet. You know, he's a wrestler, so. I'm there, and I'll always be there. It's one of those things that my dad wasn't there all the time. My mom was there. I was I was greatly appreciative of my mom. Yep. She, he, she kept us busy. I mean, when school was over from a young age, it was like, okay, swimming's done. Uh, school's finished. Okay, here's, a, here's your lunch that I packed you for after school, your sandwich, because we're going to a swim meet. You're, t- you know, you're doing swimming. If it wasn't swimming, it was gymnastics. If it wasn't gymnastics, it was ice skating. If it was ice skating, it was something else. like we always had something going on. She always had us in something, and she was the bus driver. I mean, she literally yeah. picked us up, took my sister here, took my brother here. It was she was constant. She was she was she was our everything, you know. And my dad was just respected. Um, he was a generous man. The whole community. Always looked at him. I mean, I, I, there's a lion behind you. I'm looking at him. It's like it's his, he's like looking at me. Yeah, you know, he's like watching what I'm saying. You know, yeah, watching how I'm acting. It's 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 the constant. He passed two years ago, so yeah. it's just like I feel like his eyes are always on me. Always, and it's <laughs> and it's weird because you talk about your parents, but in the highest regard, he was a man that was very well respected in the community for his kindness, for his giving. Yeah. So and, and my mom was that 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 mom that was in devoted inside the synagogue. She was the head of the woman's, you know, um, group, you know, as we grew up. So she was our everything. So we had two amazing role models in life, you know, hard workers, backbreakers, entrepreneurs, um, never gave up positive attitude. Um, I know it was hard for them. I mean, to leave a country you're coming from Istanbul, Turkey, and then come to a whole another country completely and to try to make it from nothing is not an easy feat for no. anybody, you know? Crazy. So tell me about the, like, how did that bring you to the man you are today with your work ethic, your generosity? Because I know that you're huge in the community. I remember speaking to you a couple of times that you talked about some people that come into your pawn shop, mm. how you even mentor some of the let's call them, what do you call them that are on the streets, kind of doing the street hustle thing, the, the illegal start part of it? Yeah, and, and I try to talk them out of it. I mean, I guess to your question. Like your mom and dad, what did that instill? Like what, how, is that, how did that mold you? Well, you I try, I, my mom always said it, you know, you control your own brain, mm. which controls your own destiny, right? So That's right. I try to model myself after that. It's hard to, obviously, but my my dad is the business, you know, um, the person I aspire to be as a business person, um, generous, good with the employees. I take care of my employees. Like no, none of my employees have left because I'm not, uh, cause I'm cheap or I didn't give them a raise or something, you know, in that manner. If they left, I, I pray to God, it's always something better. Like you want to leave my company, you better be making more money in a, you know, in a, in an area that you're doing better in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the mentoring of the people that come into my pawn shop, obviously, they're good people. And a lot of them have to hustle because they have no other means. They've only been taught that. They've grown up in this society where it's been, they've been pushed into this thing and they made the wrong decisions. So if you can sit there and talk to them for an hour 
and you know you can get their attention and be like hey you're a smart man you're a salesman you know you can sell anything to anybody obviously right so why don't you turn this around and turn it into a business you know what's your passion what do you love to do what would you want to be when you're a kid you know i'd ask them these questions and try to inspire these little sparks in their mind and maybe they'll sit there one day and be like that guy was right you know and turn the corner you know, because life's short. Next thing you know, you're going to be 40 years old. You can't be hustling dope. You'll be dead or, yeah. or in jail. Dead or in jail. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's, they, they know it, you know, the people I've talked to know this. They know it. So I'm like, if I can get them to that point sooner, you know, it helps them. It helps our society. You know, it saves a life. So, yeah. And then talk to me along the way in business, because the first thing we started this podcast today was uh, the interview is ups and downs. And give me some of the give me some of the lowest of lows that you've had to forge through that you maybe didn't even think you were going to make it like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, have you ever had those lows in business where you just where it was rough and things were happening and you yeah. had to struggle? Yeah. Um, when hit me with some stories of what you've gone through, like that. Well, have, that like, I've maybe, run out of money. <laughs> Well, of you know, course. Yeah, but I sell money. You know, yeah. when you when you come to a point where a customer comes up to you and you don't have, you know, a thousand dollars in your bank account, and you have to make a loan for five hundred dollars, what do you do? You have to tell the person to go away. Thank God that's never happened to me, but it's been close. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, turn around to my dad, turn around to my mom. I'm like, hey guys, I need you know fifty grand to make it through this time. You know. And it's not because of, I guess, m faults of the business. It's because of the times there were more money needed than I had. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't turn people away. You know, I, I just couldn't. So I'd take everything in. I mean, you, people come in and they're like, can I, you know, pawn this, uh, back in the day, my microwave oven, you know, because I need 40 bucks to feed my kids. You know, this is 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Microwaves were 200 bucks. <laughs> right. You know, so... I need to feed my kids. They're like, yeah, of course you can. You know, like, yes, of course you can. Yes, of course you can. Next thing you know, you look at your pile, and it's, it's almost done. You can't help the next person. So I've gotten to the point where there've been, there've been like four, five, six months where I'm really just struggling for money. Investors don't have the money. Couldn't get money loans from banks because we were a pawn shop, you know, and, um, it, it, it got pretty low there. It's, yeah. it's headaches. You get home and you're stressed out like crazy, start fighting with the wife because you're just like you're in a bad mood you know that's gotten pretty low there yeah. you know but besides that i mean thank god it, it's it's keeping that positive energy and yeah what's kept people, you going through like what's kept you the belief that i'll come out keep it optimistic the belief that i'll all be good in the end faith yeah 100 percent. i've talked 100%. about this a lot number one word in you business. have to keep the faith you have to keep positive you got to speak positively if you're constant negative nancy and you're sitting there it's not gonna have business is bad i mean i i meet people all day long uh and they just complain so they don't know how successful they are you know they, they, they sit there and they're like it's it's a big thing in our community like how's everything going oh you know it's, the struggle is hard everything's hard and, uh, yeah. but they're making millions of dollars in the back end you know i'm like i don't i don't believe in that like you got to sit there and say to me hey, we're blessed thank god everything's going wonderful and if it isn't, it's going to be okay. You know, yeah. and you keep that positivity going and flowing and it just works out. It just go, works go, out. Go further on that. Cause I've got guys that, uh, that are in my life that 
they don't understand what I'm saying when I say you, you just have to have faith every day when you wake up that if you're doing good in this world, like if you're doing right by people, yeah, righteously, living righteously, of course, it's going to work out for you. It, Most definitely. It, it may be really hard right now, and you may not believe that right now. It's the negative mindset. Right. You have to switch that off. There is no way you can be successful and have a negative mindset because even when you are successful, you're negative about it. So it just does not work. You know, when are you going to be thankful? When are you going to be, um, when do you say thanks for what I have? What does that call in the morning? They, they gratitude. Say, gratitude. So you have to have gratitude every morning. I mean, you have to be grateful you woke up that day. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You people sometimes don't wake up after they sleep. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a blessing or, or a prayer you say in the Jewish religion in the morning, Modeani Lefanecha, thank you God for waking me up, letting me wake up this morning. You know? It's being grateful throughout the day is especially important even in business. You know, thank God I had this sale. Hey, look, I try to do this one, but I got this one. Yeah. The negative people say, oh, I only bought this cheap one and not this one. No, I only made this much money. No, you got to be grateful. What do you got? You know, it's extremely important. So gratefulness and that positive thought process. It's going to be good. I'm going to make money. I'm going to have a good day. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to have record-breaking sales. My employees are going to act the way I want them to act. And they're going to be grateful and happy with all my customers. My customers are going to be good today. You just put that positive energy out there. I'm talking to you and I already feel my energy like shifting yeah, and changing. yeah. yeah. You know, as you're saying these words, yes. you know, and when you talk to other people and they get negative, if you can't, if there's someone that you cannot get out of your life, you got to turn them into a positive. Say, hey, bro, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. You're going to do good. And you almost force that positivity onto them. I've had friends, you know, in my life that were negative. And I still, to this day, you, you sit there and try to tell them it's going to be okay. You know, you, you, yeah. but that negative thought process just keeps the person down you know yeah. it keeps it keeps you squished like you got to open this vessel of of positivity where everything just starts happening my wife <laughs> my inspiration for positivity because she really right now after 20 years of being a homemaker for about six months she lost herself she was like i don't know what i want to do i'm just a mom i'm just mom i'm just mom how long ago was this this is six months ago. She started with this, like, she couldn't find herself. She was just mom. She, she's like, I'm not Becca anymore. I'm not this esthetician I used to be. I'm not, I don't have my life. I'm like, well, let's, let's, she brought her, she got herself a coach, a life coach, which taught her, it reminded her that positive thinking, positive, you know, uh, reinforcements and saying things and, and calling out to her angels for help you know, and getting a little bit spiritual with this positivity brought her to a place where everything just started to happen. Mm. This Sunday, we're going to Spain, bringing a line of esthetician creams and stuff. They're only in two places, one in Houston at the, I think it's the Waldorf Astoria or something like that, and in Mexico City at the Four Seasons. We're bringing this line from Mexico for her. And it's more expensive than any other line. Yeah. But it's like the cleanest, the most amazing line. And we're going to Spain for a week to go. And she's going to, you know, three days of training on this product and get product knowledge. And we're going to go have fun for three more days, you know, while we're there. Yeah. But it all came from positivity. 
we went to go buy a bed in LA in Beverly Hills. A, a, one of those, um, the esthetician beds. Yeah. We're like, how are we going to bring it back? My wife's like, don't worry, it'll, it'll happen. So me and my wife drive up to LA to Beverly Hills to this lady's place, brand new bed, beautiful bed, $2,000 bed. We buy it for like $500. She basically gifts it to us. We're done with the transaction, right? And I'm like thinking, oh my God, like how am I going to put this in the van? It's a heavy, it's, if you imagine a, a yeah. esthetician bed, yeah. electrical. So it has a right. base. It has, you know, it's heavy. I'm like me and my wife aren't going to get this in the car. I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? She goes, it'll happen. It'll happen. Don't worry. I'm like, okay. We're about to leave. I gave the lady $500 and a guy walks in. Senora, uh, I'm done for the day. How can I help you? Before I leave, I'm turning around to this guy. He's like, are you serious? Like, where'd you come from, you angel? Like, seriously, you know? This guy came in. It was a it was a, a helper for this lady that was working there. Helped us put the bed in the car. Like, he came out of nowhere in the middle of Beverly Hills. Yeah. You got to understand, this is a spa in Beverly Hills yeah. we're buying a bed from. Where this guy just come out of nowhere, you know, with all these ladies working there yeah. to help me. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> Unbelievable. Positive thoughts, positive actions to other people with the right mindset will create amazing situations in life i mean it's yeah. it's like miraculous yes yeah. it's, it's weird it it really is because we've, we've <laughs> the word of the day weird <laughs> we, the word of the day it, dude you're so right and now what what's your daily practice every morning do you do you give gratitude every morning every night do, give me you do you have a practice that you do with meditation I, anything? I, I don't no, huh? No, but I'm in that constant state of, I mean, my wife has to remind me sometimes. I'm not all that. I'm not all like I'm yeah. like I'm I'm preaching here. Right, right. right. But Sounds good. I'm not the one who in the morning wakes up in journals and I, I've tried all that stuff, you know? And it works. <laughs> Every time I do it, it works. But I do sit there and reflect for a moment. You know, I do take a moment and like, okay, this is going to be a good day. It's going to be all right everything's going to work out fine. You know, cause my wife reminds me of that, you know, every single day. And when I, when I'm leaving, I'm giving her the kiss goodbye. She goes, have a great day with a smile on her face. Yeah. That makes the world of a difference. It's not just have a good one or see you later at dinner. It's have a great day. You know, smile. You know, it's funny every single morning, every single morning, no matter what we're going through, if, if, if everything's fantastic or if she knows that I'm in grind mode, which is the retail grind mode of, having faith that somebody will come in, having faith that the cash flow is gonna somehow be there miraculously by next week. Every single morning, Rachel, my wife, every single morning for the last 18 years when I'm going off to the shop to make it make it happen, she goes, okay, love you, have a, prosper, have a prosperous day. She says, have a prosperous day, smiles, gives me a kiss, tells me she loves me, and off I go. Every day, every single day. And sometimes I'm like, Argh. Yeah, like, yeah but that whatever. prosperous thing goes right into the, you know, have a prosperous your, day. Yeah. Have a prosperous day. Last thing on the way out of the door every day. Have a prosperous day. No matter, even if we've had a little tiff in the morning, yeah, or the night before something, there's a little something going on. She'll still some. And there's been times where she doesn't say it. I'll come back in, open the door. Have a <laughs> prosperous day. I'm like, like even if we've had a tiff. Hey, I'm, we're going out for the hunt every day, right? <laughs> if you don't come back with something to eat, it's not going to be a good night. Yeah, no, right. It's not going to be a good week. It's not going to be a good month. So the pressure's on us constantly. Constantly. And whoever the breadwinner is, or if both parties are the breadwinner, yeah. the pressure is on to make money succeed, right? Yeah. To get from cash from one place into your pocket to be able to feed your family, your community, and your people, right? That's right. Yep. 
it's not an easy task. No. no. You wake up in the morning sometimes like, I don't want to do this. It's like, oh, man. And you know what? Some days I don't. I just don't do it. Well, think and about it. it's okay for that one day not to do it. Yeah. You know, you have to take that break. And we have to take breaks once in a while. But when you're out there, you're hustling. Your mind's going 100 miles an hour. And it, you can't really even think of, oh, you know, kumbaya, this is going to be a wonderful day. Yeah. I'm going to have a prosperous day. I'm going to make a lot of money. You can't think of those thoughts when you're in the grind. Right. So you have to take that time beforehand and put it into your mindset. Set the mindset. Yeah. Set it straight to start the day. Yeah. Do you and do that meditation? And I don't. Yeah. I don't. It's but, uh, grinders. But, but, you know but that? <laughs> I know. It's like I'm trying. But it works when you do it, I've doesn't tried. It? Yeah. And I know that's no excuse. Yeah, because I'm just, I'm always like this, growing, going, going, going. It's like, I don't have time to this. My kids laugh at me because there's one thing I do once in a while when I'm, if I'm in a really bad mood. And I, I've been doing this for a long time. And I just saw it on TikTok from some other lady teaching people how to do this. But uh, this is something I've done for years when I'm in like a really, really bad mood. Like I'm, I, I'm just like, I can't get out of it, out of this funk. Yeah. I'll get in front of that mirror and say, ha. And then twice, ha, ha. And then three times, ha, ha, ha. And then four times, ha, 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 ha. And then five times, ha, 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 ha. And six times, ha, 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 ha. Until the point I'm sitting there laughing at myself like an idiot. Are you serious? And I get in this happy, funny mood. And I'll just sit there and like laugh at myself. And I'm like, okay, it's time to have a funny day. Let's go. And just make it positive. Because when you walk out sometimes that door and you're in a bad mood, you can't, you can't create that positive energy. Yeah. You know, so you got to put yourself in that positive energy. You know, so oh sometimes my. you got to sit there and like, ha, 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 You can't like not laugh. It changes your mindset. See, I got you laughing already. You know what I mean? Picturing, picturing you do that. In front of funny. a mirror. It's hilarious. And my kids are like walking, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get in a good mood. You know? <laughs> yeah, because there's some mornings, man, you're like, you, you know, you got to deal with this. You got to deal with the customers complaining. You got to deal with the return. You got to deal with that. Deal with uh, this agency, that agency. And you're like, Ugh. you know, it's coming. Yeah, you know, it's coming. You, got, you, <laughs> you, you have do? to do it. There's nothing you can do about it. You got to get in the in the fire, in yeah. the trenches. I can't just say, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you can't, yeah, I'm right. not going to deal with this customer, this client, this uh, state agency, the franchise tax board. I'm not going to deal with any of that. Yeah, it's not how it works. It's it's never been that way. It that's has, why that's to. why we're lions. I mean, that's why we have to sit there and that's why you're the real deal because you have to do it. You, you just have you're to do it. Not the fake deal. It's right. you know, you're the real deal. You sell real stuff. Yeah, and you have to deal with you know customers that complain or yeah. they want to return something. You're just like. We just did this custom thing for you, and now you, you can't return it. It's 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 already been done. You yeah. know, like I make jewelry. Yeah. You know, in the pawn shop itself, we make things, we fabricate things. I got two jewelers. We manufacture anything you can even imagine. You bring me a you know an idea, I can create something for you because yeah. I got two spectacular jewelers. And sometimes you make things exactly the proportion. Everything is perfect, and a month later, like I'm not really liking this piece. I'm like, Excuse me. You know, this is a non-refundable custom order that you loved when you picked it up. They just got sick of it. And they yeah. want to be able to see, they want to see and test you, see if you can get their money back to be able to buy something else. And right, tell, tell me about that right there. Let's talk about this now that you brought that up. Because I just had somebody after like an entire year. Well, I'm just not in love with the bed. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why didn't you say that 90 days in? Yeah. Remember I said when the economy starts going to crap? Of course. People just start all of a sudden making stuff up? Yeah. It happens. It does happen. 
It so, so, in, every, in every single industry, it happens. And I'm realizing this person, literally, all it is is they need money. Yeah. And they want to somehow see if they can get some money back from this. Well, imagine this. You're at home, and you have a Ferrari sitting in your driveway, and you need money. What are you going to look at first? A Ferrari. There you go. You sell Ferrari beds. What do you want me to say? Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, how can I get out of this situation now? Or how can I cash in on this thing? But you can't cash in on a bed. That's where you sleep. That's where your posture is the most important. That's where you need all the nights to relax in. Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to look at. It's right. People do. You know, people do. And so with the custom jewelry, that happen, how often does that happen? Yeah, it, it happens once in a while. And we just try to buy it back, you know, because I could always resell jewelry unless it has a name on it. You know, or something so specific. So that you I realize really... they either just got sick of it, right? Yeah. People get, I mean, with jewelry, it's weird. It's a love-hate relationship. You you love some pieces, but then some other pieces you've purchased and you're not in, so in love with anymore. Yeah. So you want to buy something else. So you look at the old piece to get, you know, sell it, sell it, change it, you know, redo it. And that's what we do. We have a lot of people that come in with their old jewelry. Like, hey, what can we do with these things? Yeah. Well, let's melt the gold, take the diamonds out, take the rubies out, take the emeralds out. Let's make something brand new for you out of it, you know. So you reposition everything. You, you make something different for them. You know, that, that happens a lot. Although we're a pawn shop, and that's my main business, I love to create jewelry. Yeah. Like all my friends, well, all my friends, a lot of my community will call me up for engagement rings, mm. you know, engagement rings and anniversary presents. And that's when I get all my joy. I remember selling something positive. Like you're selling something positive. Yeah. I you am. know, you're selling a good night's sleep, yes. good posture, your back aches go yeah. away. Rest. Yeah. It's huge. It's, it's huge. something positive. It's life changing. In pawn, it's a negative industry. It's hardship. It's struggle. It's suffering. It's mm. in the hole. It's uh, I owe money to this person. Government checks. You know, it's it's paycheck to paycheck. Really struggle that we don't see that you and me don't see. Right. You know, uh, literally people that are they have five hundred dollars in their bank account, and they have to pay for medical expenses for their kids, put food on the table. Those kinds of struggles that are real. Good people, hardworking people, but the struggle is real, you know? Yeah. When I just got off on a tangent. No, this is good. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. About people that uh, the struggle's real and that, oh, that the industry's a negative industry. Oh, yeah. The, neg- the, the industry's a, uh, it's, it's, it's negative. While we've, we feel we're helping people, that's the positivity Correct. in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're lending them, getting them out of the situation without hardship. It doesn't affect their credit and all that stuff. But we, we, we do do this in a positive, you know, note. It's still negative. So when right. I do make those uh, pieces of jewelry that's for something positive or happy occasions, I love it. That's yeah. that's my passion. You know, when you came in, I was like, I got another bracelet for you that looks like your chain. I'm like, I know. It's happiness. You know, yeah. people are buying jewelry. It's happiness. So that's my, that's my love. And that's and, my passion. And that. so let me ask you that. I'm so glad that this came up, actually. Because you're a, you're a cause oriented guy. Yeah. Like you you are you are all about helping others. This is what I've gotten to know about you in the very short period of time and the very in the only few interactions. You're a genuinely great guy that loves helping people. You want to do good in this world. That's of clear. Course. That's very clear. Thank you. So going back to what you said, which I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. Having to deal with that every single day of this. And, and I guess we have to call it negativity, Correct. but it's kind of a negative situation that this person is struggling. It is. And you're, 
having to give money like what keeps you going that knowing that you're at least helping them out yeah 100 percent. that's i mean we've helped people without even money without even having something we i have a little if i should say this publicly but we have a little secret uh stash of money that's for people that don't have enough to cover what they needs are so it's like the cha- I don't want to call it a charity box because we help people with that. Yeah, yeah. It's the stash of money that sits there, and, and if someone comes in there, and my employees can read people, you know, they need this lady does not have enough to cover this medical medical expense. She's only got enough for fifty dollars or a hundred dollars of, you know, money, and she needs an extra fifty, sixty dollars. We just give it to them. It's just done because that's the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to help other people. You know, yeah. the pawn industry is a beautiful industry because. It's a way to, it's a means to get out of a situation while it's still positive. So you're borrowing money against something you've already earned. So you're borrowing money against something that you've already bought with your hard-earned money, right? Yeah. And you're borrowing against it. So if you don't, if you don't take it out, you just lost that item and it doesn't affect you any other way except for you just traded that item for money. Right. This gets people out of situations. I mean, I've had people come in, you know, I was about to lose my house. I was about to lose my apartment. I was about to get kicked out. And your loan helped me from there. You could see that from our Google review. Some people write stories in there. Yeah. You know, they, they actually were helped without huge recourse, without, without paying tons of money on interest because we're a low in, in interest state. California is one of the lowest interest states, 3% yep. plus a couple of fees. Yeah. You know, so... It were, it, that's the positivity in that. Yeah. You're helping people out, right. like you said. And so let me ask you this. When you take their item, mm-hmm. what, what, what happens? Did the item just sit there? At what point do you I'll sell it? To you, I'll explain to you the whole loan process. Yeah, give it to me. So what, if it's a piece of jewelry, we'll put it inside of an envelope. We seal it and they sign it so they know it's not tampered with, right? Okay. If it's a piece of electronic, we wrap it up and also have them sign it to make sure that they know that it's well taken care of. A loan is a... Is a, is a a pawn is a loan for four months normally, five months or six months. So we at CashGo have three different choices, right? You could do a four-month loan, five-month loan, six-month loan. The longer it is, more like, interest. Yeah, but it's like a half a percent difference. Okay. It's like nothing. Um, let's say in six months, five, six, yeah, six months, if you borrow $100, it's going to cost you about 130 dollars 135 dollars i think it is to get that merchandise out so you're thinking five bucks six bucks a month basically is what it's costing you to do this loan right right the item is secured in the either in the vault we have a huge vault or in the safes or upstairs it is not in public no one knows that you did this loan your name is not anywhere on it except for my employees can see it obviously it's inside the loan if you don't come back in six months for your item you lose the item right it's a hard process to lose your item because we call you. We don't want you to lose your stuff. We don't want you to lose your stuff. We yeah. don't want you to lose your stuff. 90% of my customers come back for their stuff. Got it. 90% of customers in loan don't lose their stuff. It's the 10% that lose it. We also buy jewelry. So we buy goods too. You don't have to get a loan on it if you don't want it. You just sell it and get more money and you're done. Yeah. At the end of the six months, you have two options. You can either let it go. Well, three options. You let it go, lose it. You don't want it anymore. You got the money, you're fine. You can take it out, pay the principal of the loan amount plus interest, or you can pay just the interest and roll it over again for another six months. Let's say you still need the money. You got don't it. have the money. You don't lose it. You just yeah. pay the interest. And then the you 35 pay more bucks, interest. whatever it is, and yeah. rolls it over for another six more months. 
And so um, it's fascinating that this whole thing, because, because then you're just holding on to a lot of items. You've got a lot of cash out on the street, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot. It's crazy to me, like that how, how that all works. Now, um, now, how many employees do you have over there? Well, between my two businesses, because I have a gemological laboratory inside my business, yeah. uh, we're about 29 currently. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Um, going on to 30, 31, we're probably hiring two more people this month. It could because you said that recently mm-hmm. we're on another uptick for you. Oh, yeah. Like the last uh, six months have been just going crazy and I can't have, I'm not the customer, I'm not the, I'm not the pawn shop that has uh, one customer, one, one employee working while there's 20 people in line, you know, like yeah. the banks sometimes do. I can't have that. I can't see people waiting, you know, for money and begging cause they need the money. I need to see them in and out. They're all fast customer service and you know, they leave happy, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour at the most should be inside of a pawn shop, you know? Yeah. So not 30 minutes waiting to get money. So I have six cashier stations and usually at least four or five of them are full of employees. So we have too many employees. Yeah. You have a lot, but I don't mind because you're going to get the customer service you deserve. And so talk to me about right now, what's happening in the, with, with, uh, with our economy. Give me what you're, what you're thinking here? What's your prediction of what's happening? What's going to happen? I know you said we just. Got I to think gold's going to go crazy. I think silver's going to go crazy because of everything that everyone's talking about. Whether it's world war, everyone's fear mongering. You know, like all that stuff is causing the craziness or the weird. The weird like we, that we talked about in pawn because people are holding onto their money because they're scared. There isn't flow of cash moving around so quickly as normally it would. Right. So pawns are going crazy. We're doing, we're writing a lot of loans. I mean, uh, double, uh, 30, 35% more every month than the prior months. So <sighs> it's a boom, ba boom, ba boom. So, more we're, more. We're, so you're steadily increasing every single month, right? Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. My loan balance is, has gone up, let's just say about a million dollars in a year <laughs> and growing. Now, how do you... That's not where it started. It's not, it didn't start from zero. No, it's, right. it was already high, but yeah. it's another million on top of that. So I'm calling my investors and banks, hey, guys, I need some more money because this is kind of going crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Now, how do you... Um, like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of risk involved there for you. Like, this of is a course. business of high risk because if you've got so much money out there, mm-hmm. you're holding on to an item. Obviously, you can sell that item. Mm-hmm. But items aren't selling as fast right now either. Correct. I have too much inventory. I mean, what do you need? Laptops, musical instruments, jewelry, uh, clothing, shoes, purses, purses, uh, art. What do you want? I have it right now and I'm ready to let it go. Like whatever you make me an offer. Let's go. Let's make a deal because the things aren't moving. You know, we can't sell it as quickly as as, it was before. And ladies and gentlemen, you just heard it. There's the pitch. <laughs> cash that was goes. It. Cash co pawn is in. giving it all away. <laughs> I love your shop, dude. It's it's crazy, dude. You it's got crazy. Have, I love it. He's got killer sneakers. He's got the Gucci's. He's got everything, and he's got red bottoms for the ladies. He's got every <laughs> purse you can imagine. 
and some are what slightly loved and some are brand new right? pre-loved pre-loved yeah that's it right there well i do have a brand it's called re-love me it's r-e-l-u-v-m-e.com yeah. yeah. so we put the higher end goods on there so yeah. if you want to just jump on there and take a peek at what i got re-love me so, so yeah. spell it again r-e-l-u-v-m-e Reloveme.com. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I think I remember being on that site. Yep. Yep. A lot of my friends jump on this. Hey, do you still have this person site? And I'm like, let me check. <laughs> and so, uh, you look, buy it right off it. Where, where, where are we going with this economy right now? What's going on here? What's going to happen? What's your, do you have any predictions? Are we, is this going to get, is this going to, I think it's going to get, gonna gonna get, get worse before it gets better. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Unless the feds do something where they drop the interest rates and people start buying homes and kind of fix it, uh, which they probably will do because of the elections, as the, the, the rumors are. Um, I think the gold's still going to keep on spiking up for a while. Yeah, what's and, going on with gold? What, what do you mean by that? Like, well, you think people are just... Cause gold be- was dropping. It was down to like 1,600 uh, an ounce uh, just a month or two ago, and now it's back at 1,700 an ounce, so it's a $100 spike. I mean, it's kind of going, it's kind of ticking up, up, up again, I think. Because of all of here, because of stock market situation, yeah, because of uh, people just don't know where to put their money. And then the gold, like, w- what's the best way to buy gold? Give me a call. Yeah, like, like you're like <laughs> well, I your sell actual gold, gold coins. Broker. I have, yeah, yeah. We we sell um bullion dealers. We sell gold coins, gold bars, um, just melted gold, uh, any form of gold you'd like. Silver as well. Uh, if you watch the Fox News segment, I've literally brought out a 65-pound, 1,000-ounce silver bar. It was the size of a house brick. You know, those big cylinder yeah. bricks? It was a, it was heavy, heavy. You like that for, like, dumbbells or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You got two of those things. That's right. But, um, yeah, it's uh, anything you need with that. I have customers that buy. I have one particular customer that buys one or two bars a month. It's a He buys a 10-ounce bar. No kidding. 10-ounce bars are about... Seventeen thousand dollars each, you know. But he yeah. buys one and puts it away. No way, you know, because he just believes in it. And know? so you sell it at what the actual gold value is right now, plus a premium. There's plus always a, a little bit. Yeah, I buy it at a premium. I tack on maybe three percent on top of that. That's about it. So you can't make too much money off of bullion. Yeah, you know. So we buy and we sell bullion all the time. Uh, whatever your needs are. If you want to invest a one ounce bar, which is about eight, you know, seventeen hundred dollars. Right now, I think the premium is uh, on a on a one ounce bar, like a Swiss bar or a pant bar, about seventy five dollars to a hundred dollars above gold value. So, got it. Those are the serialized, yeah. you know, sealed bars. The actual bars. Yeah. What's the size of these bars? The one ouncer, um, maybe like- inch by inch and a half. And uh, what, are what are the big ones? The big is that the, the one kilos. That the guy- yeah, $1.7 million. Are you freaking for the kidding me? For big kilo bars? Yeah, yeah. This, so this big right here, how, what's the length of that? Well, uh, if you if you think of about seven inches, I think it's about this yeah, big. Yeah, Those big, thick, fat ones, they're $1.7 million <laughs> each. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. It's, Do you have any of those? No. 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 I've had, I've had my, uh, in my hand, I've had more than that. And they're uh, super that heavy. Big, but dense like you would can't imagine but i've had the 100 ounce ones in my hand i think it's like 170,000 or 180,000 just like oh my god i can't believe it it's such a small little thing but has so much weight to it i guess that's one of those things about gold that's just so crazy you know it's a lot of a lot of energy in gold wow positive energy you know that's why the wealthy would always wear it and that's why kings would always have so much of it 
it's it's an energetic stone. I mean, it's an energetic uh, metal. Yeah. You know, it conducts electricity. We use it in computer chips and all that stuff. So that's yeah. why people want it. Yeah. That's why people have it. You know, it's, I guess. I mean, I mean back in the day, that was the currency was gold, Correct. right? I think we're going to go back to that someday. You think so? <laughs> I would imagine. So. Yeah, you can't have currency with nothing. Um, okay, go back to the wife. You said after 20 years, mm-hmm. she's getting back to it. Well, she's an esthetician. Right. And so give me the whole thing of when she started. I want, yeah. and I, want, and I want this to be a quick topic. I want to touch on it because my wife has been just a mom and a housewife for now. Uh 15, 14 years-ish, give her, because Rachel built Real Deal with me in the trenches for the first 10 years. Of course. Give or take. We did the first five, seven days a week together. Seven days a week for the first five years. I'm talking 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Then for the next five years, we went to six days a week. No, no, we, we actually made it 10 years at seven days a week. But we worked together for five. Anyway, my point is she went, made it with me for the first 10 years of the foundation of this company. Rachel, by my side, nobody really knows how to realize that. So for the last 10 years, give or take, she's been, since Jacqueline was born, the day Jacqueline was born, 11 years ago, almost 12. Yeah. That's when it is. So for somebody like that, who's a go-getter, Rachel is a beast. She's go, go, go. She's never stopped. She's always striving, always wants to master everything, always the best at everything. Like your wife what came what happened she got to her like i'm just was it identity thing what was it well she was an esthetician, she was an esthetician in the beginning and yeah. she'd have a job and everything until the kids came yep. then she became mom right you know the hardest job absolutely in the world. that's why i want to talk about this this for is the, this is for the wives watching it's not the only i mean it's like when someone says i'm just a housewife yeah or i'm just a mom Oh no! You, the ladies in our lives are the supreme beings. I would say yeah. that can withstand and go through anything in life. Because without, not just without them, we couldn't be who we are. But without them, our kids couldn't be who they are. Right. So their job is is even more important than ours. I would say absolutely. So after you are not needed as a mom physically making the lunches, making the breakfast, making the this, and being there for every single moment, you kind of get lost. So my youngest is 12, and she is still needing mom. So she that's why she's created her own business, which, which creates her own time. Yeah, you know? right. She couldn't be an employee. For the last two years, she wanted to go and work, but she couldn't be an employee because she can't take the vacations we take. She can't be off school when my daughter's off school. So she created her own business. Um, it's called... I want to say Formosa Clinic, Form, for, Formosa Clinic. It's going to be in Sereno Valley. And with this beautiful line of uh, product from Spain, it's the next level stuff. And that's yeah. why she wanted, she's a very, like a clean, organic kind of a person. So she wanted to bring the best of the best to the, to the, she couldn't put creams that would damage your skin right. or, or ruin you. Yes. So it was just the opposite. It wasn't about money. It was about healing. And, and her thing is she wants to heal all these teenagers and that have acne and acne problems. Yeah. Instead of them going to a doctor and getting all these shots and other right. chemicals done. So for her, it was, she was lost. She was like, okay, I'm just a mom. I'm, I'm like, you're not just a mom. You've, you, you are an amazing person, what you've done. But yeah. she wanted to become her person again. So that's why she went into business on her own. She literally formed an LLC, um, got the place, signed the lease, which is a you know big commitment. Yeah. Uh, bought the products, bought the the bed, the esthetician stuff, 
And she's going to be opening in the next 30 days. Really? Which the good thing is. Perfect timing for this podcast, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. She will get business from this 100%. Well, you guys can call me. I can. No, in 30 days from now, Formosa Clinic will be open in Sonoma Valley. Love it. And I'll, um, I'll let you know, you know when that happens. And give me all the stuff that she does. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, she does. I guess for the ladies, she does waxing. She does facials. Um, can men do get facials through there too? Men definitely can oh, get facials. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's one. It's 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 major. It keeps you it keeps you young. Yeah. Um, that's the big thing for her right now, and she's she's so excited. I see her glow now. Like she's so excited to do something now for herself. Yeah. And because it's her own business. She can put the times in that she needs still for the kids because that's her main purpose. Like she, she even told me, like, this is, I don't want to let them just, you know, be taken care of by somebody else while right. I go to yeah. this. So I still want to take care of them. So she could still do it on off hours. So she's good with it. And so let's talk further about this. We got we to gotta honor our wives here. Um, we're taking this moment to do it because how, how important is it for us as what we do as entrepreneurs with all the, the financial stress on our shoulders every day? Could we do it without what they're doing? No. If they didn't do what they did. Look, you could if you didn't have a wife and kids. If you don't have a family, I'm sure you could handle it. You know, But, but if you have a wife, if you have kids especially, there is no way you can be as successful as you are without them. No way. I don't think so. Absolutely. Some no, people I'm say, agreeing. oh, no, the wife holds me down. You're, you're with the wrong woman because the right woman will only push you up and forward. Yep. No matter what happens. So. 100%, bro. And I yeah. tell that to my wife all the time. I'm like, baby, if you don't do what you do every day, which is a million times more than what I do every day. Yeah, that's for sure. Like way more. I've tried it. You know, when she has to go somewhere for a couple of days with the kids, you're like going crazy as a guy. You know, like, how do you handle this? Cooking, cleaning, you know, getting them all the attention, getting all the energy. Homework, getting them here to there. Because we do the same thing, dude. After school, we've got yeah. dance. We've got taekwondo. We've got football. Yep. Yep. She's got four, like in the, in the front of the, in the, uh, the, the uh, foray of the house, there's five different bags. One for, okay, you got the football bag. You got the taekwondo bag. You got the... <laughs> And the back of her car is like a. Like I get it. Everything. My mom was the same way. My wife was the same way. It's, it just happens. And they do it. They are the rock stars. They are the rock stars. You know, they're our rock. Our family. Exactly. They're, the women are literally, like you said, they're the toughest of the family without oh, yeah. question. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, we're 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 little softies, man. When it comes to, <laughs> we work a day and we come back. We're like, oh my god, I'm so tired. Uh, and they're like, uh, <laughs> I've seen it done. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it done. I yeah, like you. oh, it was so hard today. And here she is. She just went twelve hours. <laughs> I got home yesterday, and then we we're like tired. We we're like exhausted. We get on the couch. I'm about to sit down. Like, I don't want to say complain, but like, ooh and ah. And I had her feet next to me. And I just started giving her a foot massage. And she almost fell asleep. She was that exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, wow, like that's a lot. Yeah. And from a foot massage, you're like, you, you, seriously, you're, you're almost out. That's all she needed was that's that touch on her feet because she was on her feet all day long, running back and forth, taking care of things and cooking. It was just like, she goes, you don't know what you did. I go, what I do? He goes, that's all I needed. Yeah. All I needed was your energy, your touch, your your little bit of massage at the bottom of my feet. You know, this made me relax. And we have to remember that sometimes. We do. Because we come home, we're tired. We're hungry. We're hangry. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. want to come on, feed me. They're yeah. like, we got to take care of you too? Yeah, yeah. 
they do take care of us. You know, the food oh, is there, man. but our expectations have to lower just a little bit and bring them up oh, and make them feel really good. Well, I mean, it's just they, they, you know, have to bring it up all the time, meaning, baby, what you do, if yeah. you don't do what you do, I can't do what I do. I can't function. Yeah. Because if I think that she's, like, in any way, shape, of things, like, I always know every day without a shadow of a doubt that everything is getting done. Yeah. The kids are going, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. Like the school and because today we've got like, like there's an early day one week. There's an early, a late start one day. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Oh, yeah. The schedule. These Has kids. this ever happened to you? I got to ask you a question yeah. where yeah. you get in a fight with your wife and things aren't going a hundred percent. I mean, not to the point of divorce. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, it's just not good at that moment. Yeah. You're at 70% love level, you know, yeah. and you're not at that hundred percent. And everything's kind of going not as you would like it to. You're kind of angry at her. She's angry at you. How does that affect your day? Uh, it's, I, I can't function. <laughs> I, I told my wife this. I can't work. I literally can't function. I and she goes, to, well, you're your own person. You can, you yeah. can, you gotta, you, you can't depend on me for you to be happy. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, you are my happiness. Like yeah. if you're not happy, my kids aren't happy. I'm not happy. It's not fun. It's not working. Right. There's no reason. Shut the shut the, the the shop down. I'm done for the day. I, Does that happen to you too? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I have to call her, <laughs> even if it takes me having to lower everything, my pride. Even if I think she was wrong in this argument, that she was I'm out not of the only one. Right? If she was out of line, I I don't because I have to squash it for me to move forward and actually think and concentrate at work. I have to squash it. So I'll call her, baby. I'm sorry. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm sorry. Because if, if she's upset at all with me, I literally can't function. I can't do anything, <laughs> right? At all. All right. So, Amazing. all right. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Like, and I tell her that, baby, I can't, I can't move on like this. And it's only been like a couple hours, like maybe from the night before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very rare that we, anything goes further than like 12 hours with us. Yeah. We usually, it's squashed really really quickly usually within 12 hours we try to get it done within a couple hours because i'll try to bring it back next even if even after like one little tiff yeah. i can't do function on anything i can't <laughs> so weird i'm the same way i can't i don't know if it's depending think, on i her. can't do anything yeah. if i know she's upset yeah she's not happy i know you know what i mean all right so let's 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 give me some final words here of morris uh you know, going back along your journey here, right? Things that have guided you along the way, some lessons that you've learned. I love, I love the story about when you said your dad, what did your dad, you know, what did, what did your dad and your mom, like watching them operate? How did that affect you for the rest of your life? Right? The way that you operate as a man, all your core values, the way you help others. Talk to me, uh, like give some people some kind of pearls here of, you know, how to go about life right now and how do you get into that positive mindset? And also I want you to talk about, cause you talked about, um, people in your life that were like, oh, some people are negative. Some people are always, oh, I'm this and that. What if you have people like that in your life, uh, that, you know, aren't positive and like, what do you do? Do you separate yourself from these people? And then we'll kind of get on a, I'll get you on a flow going with, success principles on every day of how you move forward and how do you live an above average lifestyle? How do you have abundance in your life, abundance of love, wealth, whatever it is like talk about the people first in your life. How important is it for who you surround yourself with? 
Well, that's that's extremely important. I mean, your core people, that your best friends, your the people that you associate with, need to be positive. If they're constantly negative, you do have to push yourself away from them just a little bit. Yeah. Especially if they're like long term friends, like long time friends. Right. You don't want to let them go because you're, you're your friends, but at the same time, you're going to start to hang around with people that are not negative. You want that positivity around you. I've had uh dinners with people you're just like you laugh you yeah. it's like it's such a different experience than come listening to complainings trying to solve their problems it only brings you down you want people to lift you up right you know at the same time that positive energy needs to flow um when it comes to my parents uh you want a pearl of wisdom yeah keep your name clean you, your name in your community in your friend or in your circle of friends in your circle of trust um, my dad used to say, keep your mouth shut because people come to you for advice. And if you go so tell somebody else about what this guy said about it, it's over. You have to be that, that safe of trust of positivity and, and you have to help other people no matter what you do. So whatever industry you're in, if you're not helping people, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in one way or another, whether it's monetary, whether it's being there for them, whether it's giving them positive and the correct advice. Um, what was the last thing? You have to be courageous. Courageous. It takes, it takes courage to be able to do what you do every single day. And if, if you lose your courage, you lose your drive. And you have to wake up in the morning and let yourself know it's okay to be afraid of today. It's okay. There's going to be a harder day than yesterday. If you know that, you know, something's kind of happening, but we're going to get through this. And so you have to have the courage every single day to move forward and, and break through those walls that are presented and put up in front of you and keep that as positive as possible. And then your children, talk to me about your children. How important is our role as parents with our children? What's well, our what's our job is what 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 in this day and age with devices? You can't. That's one of the things I'm trying to pull myself out of my my cell phone. You know, mm -hmm. that's one of those things. Yeah. So, I guess it's leading by example. I mm -hmm. guess it's the biggest thing. You can't say one thing and do another. It just does not work. I've learned that. I've learned it the hard way. I mean, when it comes to uh, cell phone, now it's like I can't get my kids out of the phone because I used to be on the phone all the time. So. I'm trying. That's one of my my things to get away from, to be more present with my kids. And now I'm having difficulties that they're older, you know, to get them to pay attention to me now, yeah, yeah. you know, because they're on their phones. So at an early age, if you got young kids, make sure you do not have a phone when you're with them. You do not on your phone unless it's an emergency or you got to take a call, you got to move away from them. But if you're in front of your kids and they're young, do not be on your phone. Mm. It's just one of those things that growing up ourselves, yourself and myself, your parents ever have phones in their no, hands? No. What do they do? Never. They talk to you. Yeah. They talk to you about life, love, experiences, stories. You know, tell them your stories. Once you start telling them your stories about your about your youth and what you grew up with, yeah. you'd be surprised at the at the level of their jaw to their floor. They're yes. like, their mouth was like open, like, oh my God, you did this? You couldn't do that? You had to run? Like, you had to bike without an e-bike? You know, you, you couldn't get a hold of your mom if you needed to at the emergency? Like, those kinds of things, what you did back then, our survival skills, our primal needs that our kids need, 
that our parents that parents nowadays need to give to their kids. So get off your phone. Don't be on it when you're with your kids. I'll tell you what, man. It it's really really hard. Yeah, it really is. You want to disconnect. You want to not deal with their problems because you already have enough problems in your head. You want to be disconnect from the whole day you've been talking to people and selling people. I'm just yeah. always literally either doing business, connecting someone, running something. I coach. I'm always putting up. A, you know what I mean? So I'm always having something to do on my phone. Always. Yeah. Brand the, for the business. Put up posts for the business. Wonderful. Inspirational stuff. So it's hard, man, around the kids to not do it and give them the time uh, i'm not it's crazy gonna, it's it's i'm the same way because i'm always selling something someone I'm always want to buy something yeah but what's going to happen for three hours that you see them that you can't do it three hours later it's so true like if you don't post that post up if you don't you know answer that call for those three i mean how much time do you have with your kids not much two hours maybe maybe, maybe three maybe yeah one and a half put the phone away Go to sleep at 11 o'clock at night. Wake up at 5 in the morning. doesn't matter. But those two, three hours, I'm, I'm preaching and my wife is going to be listening to this podcast going, yep, <laughs> you better be doing what you're saying because <laughs> this, this is my difficulty too. This is why you I'm know? talking about it because I have a problem with it. Yeah. So this is, this is therapy right now. So this is Yom Kippur for me tonight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to make a deal. And when I say something like this, it ha- has to happen. Okay, here we go. I'm not going to have my phone on when I come home for at least two hours it's not going to be on this like is every this night is every night two hours if my kids are home if my wife is home even if my kids aren't home to connect with my wife just two hours i'm going to give to my kids and my wife because sometimes that's all it takes yep dinner helping with dinner preparing dinner being with the kids talking to the kids yep just for two hours even if they're on their phone i'm going to lie down next to them or sit next to them and just talk and I'm going to make this promise right now. So two hours every day after work. And after that, at nighttime, if I'm in my bed, I'm in the, yeah. wherever I am, at, just you know, using the phone, I can still do it. But for two hours, I'm going to dedicate. And I'm saying that before Yom Kippur, before that. Right now. Right now. You're hearing it right now in Real Deal Talk. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I have anxiety thinking about this. So do I. But it's okay. It's okay. You don't, I sat with my what son I, the other what night. What I promised for one hour for now for me? If I start with one, should I start there my week? Start with whatever you deem necessary for your kids. Because once true. you do one hour, totally. Once you do one hour, yeah. if it lasts an hour and fifteen, what's going to happen? You're going to get you're gonna, sorry, sorry. I'm gonna, you're in the middle of a conversation with your kid. You know, sorry, sorry, your hour's up. You're going to walk away. <laughs> no, you're going to keep on talking. You know, you're going to keep on conversating. You keep on going through. It's not just how was your day. You have to tell them how your day was. Yes. Not ask them how their day was. Right. It's amazing. I was talking to my son the other day. And when I just, I laid down next to him and, went, and this is my 17 year old about to turn 18 years old yeah. and we're just talking. I'm like, so what's going on with your life, man? Oh, this and this. I'm like, okay, cool. How the ladies, how's this? You know, how are you acting? So I've got a predicament. I'm like, huh? That was an hour long conversation about life and girls yeah. and how you have to respect them and what your expectations are, what the girls expectations are. It was an hour conversation because I didn't bring my phone to his room and he was playing video games. You know how fast he put the video game off because I was actually interested in his conversation. It's amazing. It's amazing. Once you start giving them your stories of, 
oh, you know what? I had a girlfriend back in the yeah. day when this and this happened. I left the house. And they're like, what? Like, this is much more interesting than this stupid game. They put it down. They start talking to you. And it's amazing. And the younger you do this with your kids, I know your kids are younger. Yes. Younger than mine. So yeah, yeah. you're going to do this. You're going you're gonna to find out some amazing stuff. You're going to learn. They're little humans. You're yeah. interested in what I'm talking about. They're little humans with little brains that have amazing stories. They do. They, but they, once you start telling your stories, they start telling their stories, and you really get to know them. And it's amazing. I know my wife is going to like, okay, I'm going to hold you to this. And yes, you can hold me to this because this is something I want to. I'm committed to this too, bro. I'm committed to this because I'm, as much as I connect with my kids, I I feel like I do a really, really great job with that. I know you do. I've seen vacation videos and stuff. I'm not perfect. That's that's our Sunday fun day is the day with the kids. But in the evening, I got to get off the phone. I got to do it. Yeah. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, we're we're all. I want all the (laughs) listeners and watchers to. We're all going to commit together here. Every watcher, every listener that's listening right now. Yeah, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is how you pronounce it. Yeah, Yom Kippur. Okay, we're holding we're holding Morris to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're holding me promise, to it. So. We're holding all the listeners to this. We're all gonna if we have kids. If you're blessed with kids right now, every time every night we get home when the kids are there. Yes. Okay. Or even with or, the wife. Or, or wife. The wife or, is or, there by or herself. Husband yeah. by herself. Yeah. We're making a pact. Should I? Should we go for the two? I'll I'll go for the two. Two hours. Do a pact. Let me, what you can. Let me go a minimum an hour. <laughs> Let start, me, with, start with an hour. Let me start with an hour. Start and then if an it hour, overflows okay. into the next hour, hey. It's okay. Our You're kids. not going to want to get on your phone once you start connecting with them. One hour, guys. Let's all commit. To, so Morris is going for two right out the mm-hmm. gate. I'm going to go for one. Listeners, let's start with one where you put literally put the phone away and connect with your children and or spouse. Yeah. Yeah. We're and, missing and this that is connection. Like, and and everyone's if, missing that connection. And if you listen to this podcast 20 years ago, people are going, what is wrong with you? What, what? <laughs> but now it's like people get it. Yeah. Because it's the number one thing. We're all doing something on the damn phone. There's so much to do. There is. It's endless. <laughs> it takes away your time. It takes away your life. And I realize this, and I, I'm saying this, I'm, I'm feeling it. And I, and, I have and anxiety thinking about this. And me too. Me too. I do. Like, okay, I'm not going to be able to answer this person or, or the football team or this, that, and the other. Or the... You know, you told me when I came in here, Yeah. you know, I said, I'm going to put my phone on silent. He's like, you'd be better if you put on airplane mode. I did. I had an anxiety attack internally. <laughs> as you said that, I've got a business, 30 employees. I've got a wife and kids. And then, you know, I'm not going to answer my phone on airplane mode. This is, but you know how well I've been able to connect with you? Yeah. I've been able to talk to you. Right. Same thing this is a perfect example because if that thing is but because you were going to put it you first thing you said guys he said i'm going to put my phone on a uh, uh, vibration mode yeah i said uh you might want to put it on airplane mode because if he hears that thing feels it but because you'll feel the table buzzing oh, yeah. he's going to look over at it yeah wonder if he's missing a business call wonder if he if he had an item that just got put in for a loan yeah um the wifey call whatever right customers want stuff Everything's happening. You would have felt it buzzing. The world is happening. Or if it's lighting up, you'll look over to see it. I get news stories coming up out of it. Everything. So this is a perfect example right here. How long has it been? Uh, We're we're over an hour and a half. You're kidding me. No. It's been like 15 minutes. No, we're over. We're over an hour and a half. Wow. (laughs) So imagine if you could connect with your kids in this manner or with your wife. I mean, I felt like it was 15 minutes for me, and I had anxiety in the beginning of it. You did. 
Yeah, I said, when I, I like, said uh, airflow, and he's like, <laughs> oh, and then he, I had a mini panic attack inside. <laughs> and then he, and then he did a voice memo to everybody. Hey guys, I'm going off the grid for, for about an hour. He said, and meanwhile, I'm like, that's gonna be longer than that. He's like, I'm going to go off the grid. I'm going to be on a podcast for about an hour. So yeah. I'll, I'll answer immediately when I get off the podcast. If there's anything you need, contact this person, contact, like yeah, he, you would have thought he was literally going into war. <laughs> In a trench, like in, in like uh, out in Iraq or something. You, you literally. <laughs> I'm, I'm MIA at this at this point right now. It's already been over an hour, so I'm I'm already MIA. You're, People are looking for me. You know, I got the, <laughs> I got my wife on Life 360. I got you know my my cousin's like, hey, has he been kidnapped? What's going on with this guy? This you know. <laughs> it's a, you are off the grid, bro. You you that's are. The way it is. People are freaking out right now. That's the way. That's that. That's what it feels like in your head. It does. And you know what? The funny thing is, when we do this at nighttime, no one's looking for you. It's you're looking for that out. You're yes. look, it's, the world is happening. It's true. You know, people are making funny so jokes true. on TikTok. On Instagram is going crazy with people are, you know, on vacations are posting photos. And all that. You're going to miss it. It's major FOMO. Yeah. You know, you're missing out on the whole world. What is the news? What if World War Three just started? Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm, that stuff is kind of like doesn't let you connect well it, what it does is you know it's like we're all physically sitting or standing here but nobody's actually here mentally we're all in this device correct we're not present unless it's off unless it's completely off and i'm and I, even as we're talking right now even though we're bringing up the fact that this phone right here besides me is beside me is on airplane mode yeah I have anxiety about it. I do too, but it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So it, it takes a it takes a couple of so minutes. How long can we go and keep this in airplane mode, Morris? Well, I got to get to work at some point. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to work at some point. Let's but not I get mean, crazy here. <laughs> no, let's, yeah, I let's, do have to leave early today too because Yom Kippur from uh, at three o'clock. So I get off early <laughs> instead of a six o'clock at three o'clock today. Here we go. Got to get some things done. That just doubles the anxiety of you being MIA. Of course, dude. When you turn that phone back on, what's going to happen? Oh, oh, it's going to go nuts. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nuts. That thing is not, it's probably going to have a meltdown. Like, I don't think I've had an airplane mode since the last vacation I took. <laughs> which, which was when? Like, uh, summer. Summer? Summer. Greece, Turkey, and Italy. We went on three weeks hiatus. Wow. Gone. Wow. Out of the business. Out you of everything. You didn't airplane mode the whole time, though. No, not the whole time. No. no I couldn't. No, God, no. I couldn't. But I mean, it was upside down the What's the longest the time? you've had that on airplane mode? Would you the, flight. Like, the flight. <laughs> 13 <laughs> on hours a, on the flight. Actually, on an actual I was airplane. actually, con- you know, I, I lie. I was actually connected. I paid that extra dollars <laughs> just to have the Wi-Fi connections. <laughs> so I could see everything at the same time. Yeah. What, but yeah. I'm going airplane mode every day after work when I get home. So two ho- hours. All right. So hold on. Hold on. You're telling me that you're actually going to put it on airplane mode? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to put it on airplane mode. Yeah, of course. This is serious business. How, how else can you do this? You, if you put you, it in another room. If you if you put it in another room, you're going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go running back to the room. <laughs> Are you going to go, I got to go to the bathroom yeah, for a right. second. You're going to go check you're your gonna, phone. Gonna, no. Yeah. Oh, next thing you know, right, next thing you know you're on TikTok. <laughs> People get used to it. Oh. You know what happens is when they can't reach you, they realize this is your time. And that's it. That's, okay. That's, I'm, I'm committed to this. I'm going to yeah. start tonight. And let people know. I mean, if this is something you're going to do, if this is something you're going to do, you have to let people know that you are not available from this time to this time. If there is an emergency, call my wife or my or my house phone. Yeah. We still have house phones, some of us. 
I don't think I have. We one. do. I don't think I have one. I don't. Oh I, my god! I have a number, but I've never even hooked the phone up to it. I same here. Yeah, I didn't even realize Isn't that. Crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna go buy a phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then it can ring. Well, if in case of emergency, you know. Listen, at, at at eight nine p.m. at night, what what? There's no emergency. They'll find the wife. You'll find your wife. Exactly. Just call my wife. I mean, that's what happens. We're making excuses. We, we now. have we have. Well, I have three kids, and they all have cell phones. There's an emergency. They're going to call one of them. Yeah. They're going to call the wife, that and my son, my other son, my daughter. Someone's going to get a phone call, right? And it's between, what time do you get off work? Uh, I get home by about probably seven-ish, seven, eight. Okay. Your kids are in bed before nine. Uh, yeah. No, they're not. They're not? Okay. No. So you have two hours. I've got a good two hours. Okay. So that I've got time, a solid two hours every night. Yeah. So you can put... I don't know if you can put your phone on airplane mode. I'm not going to give you so much anxiety, but I'm going to. I'm going to try that and see okay. what happens. If and any, so, listeners, watchers, who's with us? And I want you, <laughs> I want you to comment and DM us and let us know that you listen to this. Dude, this is the, one of the best endings of any podcast that I've done because people can really identify with this. Well, you got to commit. Who's in on this? Comment, DM me, text me. I want to hear that you heard this. But don't text me between the hours of yeah, right. nine. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get a response at 10 o'clock at night. That's right. Because we're going to be committed to this because you're not going to get a hold of us. So DM contact us and let us know that you're <laughs> in for this challenge. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start with one hour That's perfectly and, and, okay. and, and let it flow into hopefully two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm saying that because I want to go down in one hour now. He's like, he's like <laughs> <laughs> but I've already made my commitment. So it's done. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so you're pulling back already? No, no. Uh, okay. When so, I make a commitment, it's done. So you're so wifey's now is going to listen to this and she's going to hold you. To, you're going to tell her that you you said this in the of interview. Course. You are, of okay. course. I have to. All right, my man. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's dude. The word. I uh, I I I pre- give me one last give me one last pearl. Let's leave everybody with a pearl from Morris. Give everybody oh, one. Give, go back. Pressure. Go back to when you were younger. What would you tell yourself? Uh, go the, your forty-eight-year-old self tells your, let's say, twenty-year-old, or, or we will go back further, fifteen, when you were really impressionable, didn't know what was going on. What would you tell yourself about life? Be honest with yourself, mm. because if you sit there and tell somebody you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you bring negativity into yourself again. If you, your word is your bond. So if you say something, you don't do it, people stop trusting you, including Mm. your wife and your kids. So if you say you're going to do something, do it. I've, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. I'll say things and I won't do it sometimes. You know, that happens. Yeah. Um, that's my fault, you know? So you lose trust in people. If you say you're going to do something, like I say, I'm going to go to the gym to my wife all the time. (laughs) I'm not going to the gym right now, you know? So it's one of those things that I, I would have loved to teach myself at that young age. If you're going to say something, do something, you know, because yeah. it also brings negativity onto yourself because even though that you're, if you tell your friends, Oh, I'm going to go and lift weights. And then if you don't do it, your friends are like, yeah, whatever. They stop believing in you. But the worst part is you stop believing in you. Mm. And that's the worst part of all. So, if you can do something, if you're going to say something, do it for yourself as well as for the other people you're talking about. And, and, and Morris, on that note, man, I, I've it, bottom line is if you're going to talk and if you're going to talk and I say talk smack, mm-hmm. you better back it up. A hundred percent. The same thing. You better back it up. Otherwise, you're just a talker. And there's nothing worse than somebody who's just a talker. 
What'd you like, do? Hit your head? No, I like spritzed water you, on my you're forehead still, like an you're, idiot. You still, you still got anxiety with it because you looked at like, the phone. Because you looked at the phone. <laughs> it's on airplane mode. I don't look at it. Well, because it's, <laughs> but I'm it's seeing cause, it. Because it's dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, like you said, you yeah. have to back it up. You got to back it up. And, and, I'll, and I'll tie this in with what you said about um, keep your family, uh, you, you keep your name. What was it? Name. Keep clean. Your, clean. Yeah. What that means is your reputation of who you are as a person and your family name. Yeah. Because let me tell you, especially if you're in business, mm -hmm. somebody along the way that you knew 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, is going to come back into your life again in some form of some capacity having to do with business. And if you screwed anybody over along the way, it's going to come back to you. How many people, Morris, in your career, 20 years that you knew that something kind of went south, but you handled it in a very professional way. And they're now back in your life. Whether oh. it's, it's, there's not enough fingers on my, do you know what I'm saying? Hand. Of course. I've had people come back into my life and I thought to myself, Oh my God, if I had reacted in a bad way and mess with this person at all, even though it wasn't good. Yeah. This would have come back. I wouldn't be able to do business with this people because this person now is respected in that capacity in this industry. How many of your friends have done it the other, the, the opposite way right. where they've screwed somebody over or they haven't handled it professionally. And then you see that same circle come around like, oh, mm. if you would have done that back in the day, this same exact Because then your name, it's your reputation, your reputation of who you are as a human being yeah. and integrity is number one, living life and doing business with integrity yeah. is number one most important thing because that's, let me tell you, they're going to come back around in your life again someday. It's going to happen. 100%. 100%. Morris, my man, appreciate you coming in, brother. And listen, we're in on this pact, right? Yeah. I'm doing one hour, you're doing two. Correct. Yep, I know you're laughing. I mean, I'm doing two. <laughs> and it starts tonight. Yep. Okay. Airplane mode, ladies and gentlemen. DM us if you're if you're in on this this challenge. Yeah. And uh, dude, I appreciate you coming in, brother. It's always been an honor. It's a pleasure to be here. Real deal it's talk. Good to ladies. see you anyways. Yes, good to see you, bro. We don't see each other enough. Eh, eh. Life. Life. <laughs> life. Real deal talk, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap. Morris Adato, Cash Co. Pawn. Here we go. Let's Thank go. Thank you. You got it.